have relationship and access to you and to the promise, to the blessing. I pray it out right now and believe it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Well, bless you as you give this morning. I believe the word is true and I believe you're going to see it operating in your life. And if you're ready for the word with me this morning, I'd like to invite you to head on over to Colossians and we're going to get right into the message. This is part four of our series dress code. Now, if you haven't been with us all month long, that's okay. I'll bring you up to speed quickly. We're talking this morning about dress code and I'm not telling you what you have to wear to church. I'm not telling you about what kind of styles are appropriate or inappropriate. I'm not even talking uh, about modesty in this series. What I'm talking about is the things of the heart. The things of the heart that we're instructed by the Lord to put on. And when we put them on, what we're going to see is that we have a likeness to Christ. When we put on these attributes, these qualities that God, number one, we're going to see this morning, He makes them available to us, but then He also instructs us to put them on. We're going to, we're going to represent Him well because we're going to have a, a similarity to Him in the aspect that I'm wearing the same stuff that Jesus wore. As we go through this list, you're going to see this morning that there was some stuff Jesus put on when He was out in the world, when He was talking to people, when He was with His disciples. Everywhere He went, Jesus put on some of these, these qualities. And so we're going to talk about about those this morning we're going to talk about these qualities and where the qualities come from and I have to start this way in Colossians 1:11 this morning I want you to know this all of the goods all of the clothes all of the things that we're instructed to put on come from the master they come from the giver the one who's given them to us I want to look at Colossians 1.11 to start because it tells us where it comes from. And I think this is part of the error. Sometimes when we talk about things that we're to put on or, or things that um, we're instructed to do in the Word, we can leave it at, hey, just, just do it. Just figure it out. You know, it, it's in there somewhere. Just figure out how to make it happen on your own. And I'm telling you, that, that isn't a solution because if I can't find it, I can't wear it. Amen. My closet's a mess right now because I've got clothes everywhere. And if I can't find something, I can't wear it out. Isn't that true? If I can't find it in the closet, I'm not going to be wearing it that day. If I can't figure out where these things we're about to read about are at, then I'm not going to be able to put them on in my life. And so Colossians 1.11, it tells us where they come from and where they're at. It says in Colossians 1.11, we also pray, we also pray that you will be strengthened. This is Paul and his ministry team talking to the Colossian church. He says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all His glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. And so a couple of things we see in this is that, number one, it takes a strengthening. These things are, number one, identified as a strength. These are good things to put on. I like putting on things that make me better. I like putting on things that make me look better. Amen? And so in the same way, these things that we're talking about are a strength. Anything God is giving you to put on in your life is going to strengthen you. It's going to build you up. It's going to make you better. He doesn't take away. He gives life. Amen? And so these are going to be a strengthening things. You will be strengthened with all his glorious power for all patience and long suffering. And this is what we're talking about this morning is patience or endurance. These words are really closely related and we're going to get into that this morning, but we're talking about patience and endurance in, in the final part of this series. And so it's his glorious power that makes a way for patience and endurance, patience and long suffering with joy to come to pass. It says in, in uh, New King James, may you be filled with joy. And so a couple things we take away from this. Number one, it's God's power that enables me to put on the things that I'm instructed to put on. 
It's important to note that because if I'm trying to put them on out of my own power, my power is less glorious than God's. My power is much less patient than God's. If we go back to some of the other things we've talked about, my power is a lot less compassionate than God's. My power is a whole lot less kind than God's. My power is a whole lot less humble than God's. My power is a whole lot less gentle than God's. But God's power is perfect. God's power is glorious. And so if I recognize that it's His power, it's His patience, it's His kindness, it's His compassion, and on and on we go, and I draw upon Him rather than drawing upon me, I'm going to see glory. Glorious power. And that's what I need to live through today. Amen. I need some glorious power that I may be filled with joy. Amen. It's, it's walking in God's glorious power. It's going to fill you with joy. When you're walking in the compassion, kindness, gentleness, humbleness, and patience of God, you're going to be walking in joy. When you're walking in God's dress code, you're going to be walking in God's joy. We've been talking in this series about how we're representatives and we put on things so that we represent him well. We talked about how we're ambassadors of Christ. We've, we've looked at Colossians 312 we're going to go there next why don't we just put it up now and it talks in colossians 312 about how we're god's own chosen people another translation says we are the elect of god you know you elect people to represent you god has elected you to represent him and so as his representative we have an uh, well an obligation but more than that we have the opportunity to put on these things that represent god that are light in likeness to god And you know, I got to be honest with you, this morning I came unprepared. I know maybe it doesn't seem like that quite yet, but I came unprepared this morning. And if somebody found my little brown box that I left sitting somewhere, I really need that right now because I I need to get prepared. Julie, you found it? Thank you. Isn't that amazing? Julie, can we have a hand for Julie? She found found the things I need. Glory. (laughs) It's coming, right? Oh, we, we lost a shoe there. Okay. It'll be up in a minute, right? (laughs) See, I I came unprepared this morning. I'm missing some of the things I need to minister effectively. And you're going to see what I'm talking about here in a minute. Thank you, Julie. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for that. Can we give Julie another hand? Thank you, Julie. Okay, so now I've got all my materials up here. I can finally get prepared to give this message. Here's the things I, I've, I'm re- missing this morning. It's all in this little box. This is stuff I carry with me most every day. Some of it's not, but most of it is. You know, I've got, I've got my wallet here. I've got my wallet, and that's an important thing to have on you, isn't it? You know, this wallet it was given to me as a gift at a birthday, and I filled it with stuff that wasn't a gift, but, but it, it came as a gift. It was given to me by someone else. And so now I carry it on me every day because I know that I have need of this. You know, I was thinking about our five attributes that we find in Colossians 3.12, and I was thinking about the, uh, the compassion, the compassion that God puts in us. It is, it is a, you know, a supply to provide for others. If I don't have my wallet, I can't buy anybody lunch. I can't buy anybody coffee. I can't, you know, care for other people. If, well, I mean, I can in some ways, but in a financial way, I can't, I can't provide something for someone if I don't have this on me. And so I'm glad I've got my wallet with me now. So if anybody, you know, wants to go to lunch, um, talk to me about another date. All right. So, <laughs> So I got my wallet. That's good. I've got compassion. I, and here's the thing about it. I have to make a decision to put this in my pocket. If I leave it at home, if I leave it in the box, I don't have it with me. So I have to make a decision to put on my wallet, to put on compassion. And I actually messed up the example. I was going to talk about kindness with wallet and how I have a supply of kindness to give. The thing I was going to talk about with compassion is my watch because it keeps me on track, keeps me on time. And you know, 
Compassion is kind of like that for the Christian because compassion keeps us on task. It keeps us on mission. Compassion for people, love for people, care and consideration for people is what we're here for. Did you know that? I'm here for the world. I'm not here for me. If I'm here for me, I want to leave because heaven's better than earth. Amen? And so I'm not here because this world's so great and I just like hanging out here. I'm here because I have compassion, a Christ-like compassion for people. And I have to put it on every day or I'm going to forget why I'm here. I'm going to forget what time it is. I'm going to get off track. And just like that could happen with this sermon, I could end up here all day hanging around, just going on and on about something that doesn't relate following some rabbit trail. You know what I mean? I can get off course if I don't have something to keep me on track and that's compassion. Amen. And so I got to choose to put it on daily. I haven't worn this watch in a little while. (laughs) Got it on. (laughs) Putting it on. Amen. And I picked this watch out because this is a watch that was a gift to me. It was given to me by someone else and now I have to put it on. Are you seeing the, the comparisons here? God gives it. I wear it and I benefit from it. Amen. Let's look at our next one. Um, pocket knife. This is a tool my dad gave me when I was younger. He gave me this pocket knife and he explained it was part of this this commitment thing. He made a a commitment to me this one day. He pulled this out, me and my brother, and he said, here's a pocket knife. It represents the tools that I'm going to give you. I'm going to help train you in life. I'm going to do my best to equip you with tools so that you will be effective in life. So he gave this to me and I likened this to gentleness because there are times where I have to get something done and, and I need to put some pressure. I need to use something with some pressure, but I also don't want like a giant machete or I'll just like hurt something. You know, if I'm trying to like dig something out of my fingernails and I use a machete, I'm going to probably cut my hand. I need something that has power, that has ability, but I can control it. And that's what we talked about with gentleness. It's power under control. Meekness is power under control, not weakness. All right. And so I liken this to that. Um, just put that in my, in my little box here. I'm losing my microphone. Here's the next one I've got. And I don't wear this every day, but I saw it and I thought that's a great example. This is a boutonniere that I wore to the first wedding I officiated last fall for a couple friends that, that I, I had made at another church I was pastoring at. And so they had me marry them. And this was the boutonniere I wore. And when I looked at this in, in gathering up these items for this illustration, what I realized is, is this represents humility for me. Because I'll tell you, I did most of the talking that day during the service, as a minister usually does during a wedding. I mean, you know, I read it all. They repeated it. I went through the whole deal. And I wore this the whole time. This was given to me by the couple to wear as part of the wedding party. What it did is it identified that I am part of this group. I'm part of this party. When we put on humility, we're identifying that I'm not of myself. I'm in with God. I'm, I'm be- I belong to God. I'm part of his party on earth. Amen. Isn't it a good thing to be part of God's party? And here's the other thing about this. Even though I, I was involved and I was there and, and I did a lot of talking, this to me symbolizes the fact that it wasn't about me. You know that? It wasn't about me. I wore it, but really what that did is it just said, hey, you're here for them. And just like that, I'm here for the world. I'm here for the people. Amen? And so to me, this represented humility. And I don't wear it every day, but it's there. And then the final thing, and this is going to lead us into today's topic of patience and endurance. I thought about these shoes. Now, I've got these, this other pair of shoes on, but I like these ones better, and I think they go better with my outfit. So I'm going to put these on for you. You know, I, uh, this, you like my socks? Yeah, get a, take a gander, everybody. So I've got these shoes on. Doesn't that look better with the gray? Yeah? Okay, thanks. I tried. You know, found them in the closet. Praise the Lord for that. 
I've got these shoes, and to me, these shoes represent patience because what we're going to see today is patience is something that enables you to continue walking forward the way you're supposed to go. Endurance is what enables you to walk through unjust things, through unpleasant things, which we've got plenty of all that happening today. If I don't have patience, what we're going to see today, if I don't have patience, I don't have the power to endure. If I don't have patience, I don't have the power to endure. And so at this point, I'd like us to read Colossians 3 verse 12 and see patience at work in our life, patience that we're supposed to put on. And again, I want to remind you, all of these things are available because someone gave them to you. You know my shoes? They were given to me by my fiance Taylor. She knows how to dress me well it's a good thing I don't buy my own stuff all right and so it was a gift but I have to put it on in order to use it in order to benefit from it in the same way all these things gentleness kindness compassion patience and the other one that I'm forgetting humility right now we have to put them on they're available to you because God made them available it's by his glorious power but I have to put them on if I'm going to benefit let's read Colossians 3 verse 12 in the amplified version this says so as God's own chosen people who are set apart, holy, sanctified for his purpose, and well-beloved by God himself, put on, put on, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And I love how it amplifies patience. And and I'm going to read it in, in my amplified version here. It says, patience, which has the power to endure whatever, say that with me, whatever, unjustice or injustice, or unpleasantness comes with good temper. Patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper. You know, as I was studying and praying about this whole series, this is probably the part that stood out to me the most. Of all these attributes, this is the one that just grabbed a hold of me and it was like, oh, I can't wait to preach that in a couple weeks. I cannot wait because this is something we're living through. And I recognize it as it amplifies it and it says, whatever injustice, have you all experienced any injustice in the last year? Have you had anything happen in your life where you thought, well, that wasn't right. That wasn't a right thing to have to do. That wasn't a right thing for them to tell me. That wasn't a right, that wasn't right at all. Injustice. How about some unpleasantness? Has anybody had any unpleasantness? Come on, you can't tell me the two months you were locked in your house with all your family and you couldn't get out. (laughs) I know we all had at least a, a point of unpleasantness, amen? Can I get an amen today? All right. So we're experiencing, we're living through times of injustice and unpleasantness. You want to know why that is? It's because you're in the world. It reminds me of something Pastor Hagen down at Rama used to preach. He, he would say that um, one person came up to him one time and they said, Pastor, I, just, I want you to pray for me that all of this difficulty would just go away, that I wouldn't have these problems with people anymore. And he says, so you want me to pray that you die? Because as long as you're here, you're going to have injustice and unpleasantness in your life. How we get through it, how we deal with it, is is determined by whether we've got the power, the glorious power of God to get through it, or if we're left to ourselves. Amen? And so i got to put on the power. Say that with me this morning. i got to put on the power. I need it to succeed. Power, God's kind of power, will get us through patience, which has power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes Say it this way, patience is the heart quality that gives way to endurance. Patience is the heart quality that gives way to endurance. Without patience, I can't endure the right way. 
And I want to make this distinction because there are different ways to endure. And we've preached, I've preached here about endurance. I was thinking about last spring when all of the COVID stuff was going on and we were like meeting digitally and then we were just starting to come back. I was thinking I, I had three sermons that came to mind. One was called Brace Yourself. It was about getting steady so we can push through and endure on. One was about enduring to victory. I mean, right there in the title, the third one was the other side. What happens once we endure and get over to the next side, to the next stage, to the next level of glory? All these things are about enduring through present situations to get to the glory that's to come. Amen? So we've preached about endurance. I know you know about endurance, but I'll tell you this, without patience, there's no endurance. Without preaching patience, without knowing patience, it's like, I know I need to endure, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to make myself endure. And I think that's been the wrong formula at times for me where it's like, well, I just got to push through. I just have to do it. How? I don't know. I just make myself do it. Have you ever felt that way? Like, I know I need to get through, but the only option I see is to just make myself endure. That's not God's glorious power operating in my life. That's me trying to force an external product to happen without making an internal change. It's, it's saying, I want the end result without, I want the walk the way to get there. You know, you got to walk the way of life to get life, amen? you got to walk in Christ to receive the life of Christ. Don't you? You have to say yes to Jesus amen. in order to receive eternal life, don't you? Yeah. I, I can't just say, well, I want the life, but I don't want Christ. Yeah. That doesn't work. No. In the same way, I can't say, I want endurance, but I don't want patience. And the difficulty of it is, patience is a hard thing that only has to do with me. And so I can't just say, well, I need some things on the outside to change, and then I'll be able to endure. Patience is... It's all in my heart. It's all about putting it on. Amen? And that's a decision I get to make. I know this, number one, it's been provided by the glorious power of God. Amen? Amen. We saw that in Colossians 1.11. So now, it's my decision to put it on. It's my decision to put it on. How do we put it on? You know, I, I was just thinking there's, there's different ways. I think putting it on, it's a decision we make. It's, it's a renewing your mind thing. It's a what are you meditating on thing. It's a reading the word and building up yourself in the word thing. It's, it's, a, it's a prayer thing. Amen? It's a, it's a worshipful thing. I mean, it is, it is setting your eyes, fixing your eyes on Jesus kind of thing. That's going to give you patience. Let's talk a little bit this morning about where the right kind of patience come from. Where the right kind of patience comes from. We know this, it's a heart issue. It's a heart thing. So I can't just get patience on the outside. I can't do something. I, you know, I can't, I can't put on my shoes and now I've got patience. It doesn't work like that, okay? But there's, there's a heart decision, a heart putting on that I get to do. And so we got to go a little deeper this morning. We got to peel back this external part of I just want to get through it. I just want to endure it. This sermon isn't about behavioral correction, it is about heart condition. Okay? And that's good right there. Not about behavioral correction, but about heart condition. Because I could stand up here and I could just preach endure, 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 get through it, endure, push on. But if I don't have the heart that's set in a patient, in a, in a patient position, I'm going to fail at enduring. Because it's in my own power. I need to rely on what Christ has provided, not on what I've already got. Amen? If I put on the patience in heart, I'll have the endurance in action. If I put on the patience in heart, I will have the endurance in action. It is from the glorious power that comes from God. So patience is a heart issue. It's a heart matter. And we've got to put it on in the heart. Um, you know, I mentioned this a minute ago putting it on it is a matter of of reading it is a matter of prayer i mean i get in the word not just to check off the boxes because i know there's things in there that i need 
And when I'm reading the word and I'm putting my, my heart, when I'm setting my heart on the things of God, I'm putting on Christ's clothing. I'm, I'm wearing the dress code. Amen. You know that? Like I, I can walk through the day and I can read a scripture and it's like all of a sudden what, I, what happens is I realize some part of me is not clothed the way that it should be. You know, it's, it's like the dream where you wake up and you don't, you're talking to someone and you don't have your clothes on. It's like, oh shoot, I need to get some clothes on right now. Okay, it's like that. Reading the Word is like that sometimes. And here's the good news. If you know you've got it, and you say, in, in Jesus' name, I have patience, and so I choose that. Old man, old way, impatience, short temper, you got to go. I choose the patience of Christ. I choose the fruit of the Spirit, which is patience and long-suffering. Yeah. That's what's at work in me, and so I'm a patient person. I mean, even if you don't feel it, confess it. Because if you believe the word of God, he has provided by his glorious power, patience for you. Amen. Amen. Just like how we talk about, oh, I'm healed in Jesus. I'm patient in Jesus name. I mean, as much as I need the physical stuff, I need the heart stuff more. If I'm going to get through this life as an ambassador of Christ and do it the right way with a good temper. You know, there's ways to endure that don't carry a good temper. And the end result is bad. I can get through it. But how am I getting through it? How are we coming out on the other side? What kind of path of destruction have I left in my wake because I didn't go through it with a good temper, with the godly kind of patience? Sorry, I'm preaching this morning, so if I hope you came for this because this is the word, amen? And so I don't receive the benefits if I don't put it on. I don't have shoes on if I don't put them on. I don't have a pocket knife if it's not in my pocket. I got to put it on, and putting it on is a decision on our part. To say yes to receive what God has already done. Here's the other part of it. I have to know what it is in order to wear it. I have to know it to wear it. I have to know it to put it on. Let's talk about just for a minute or two what patience is. Patience described in the word. I told you this earlier. Patience and endurance are closely related. They're very similar. Like if you looked up the definitions, you probably see both of those words there. Here's another way that it's described. The opposite of short-tempered. Patience is the opposite of a short temper, which means long-tempered. We don't really say that in, in English. We don't have a word or we don't have a phrase like, oh, they're so long-tempered, right? I've never heard that before. But I know what a short temper is, don't you? That person who's got to react and respond to everything that happens and whatever. I mean, anything could set me off. Anything could get me off. Anything could cause a reaction out of me. That's the opposite of what patience is. Here's a couple other things that maybe will, will help illuminate what patience looks like. It's like a steadiness. You know, I'm, I'm not changing course just because something happened. It's like, I'm not this little sailboat getting moved around on the, on the waves and with wind. I'm like a giant cruise ship that's got a course set and I'm not getting blown around. I'm not getting kicked around by waves. I'm just steady going forward. I'm consistent going forward. I've got the long game in mind. That's a good way to put it. I've got the, the long what's ahead in mind rather than the short right now. It's not short focused. It's, it's not fixated. This is going to be important because temperament is about fixation. To be tempered is, is to be hardened into something. I'm not hardened into what's happening around me right now. I am focused. I am fixed. I am consistently looking ahead to the long term what's to come. I'm long tempered, not short tempered. Amen. I have fortitude. That's another word that goes, forbearance is a word that's associated. That would be a derivative of fortitude. 
fortitude. It's, it's like, I'm not moved. I'm not shaken. I'm not overcome. I am consistently moving forward, not, uh, not moved off course. You know, I thought about this. Willpower and patience are pretty closely related. And you might not always hear that, like when it comes to kids, like, oh, I've got a really strong-willed kid. You don't usually hear that that's the patient kid. Amen. Can I get an amen from the parents in the room? I know because I heard it, okay? Strong-willed usually doesn't get correlated with patience. But if you think about it, a strong-willed kid has the long-term in mind. And they're strong-willed because it's hard to change their course. That's patience. Maybe it's not the kind of patience you want or for the right things, but it's a fixation. It is a fortitude that I know this is what I'm about and I'm going to get there. It's the, I don't, I don't care what I have to do. I don't care how long it takes. This is where we're heading. We're going to get it done. That's patience. It's patience. It's a heart that's set on things that are long-term important. You know, I thought about a biblical example of this and, and I was thinking about Jesus and Peter's interaction when Jesus talks about how he's going to be leaving them. You know, he's, he's going to go and die on the cross. He was foreshadowing what was going to come. And Peter, you know, he stands up and he goes, Lord, let it not be so. This shall not happen to you. You know what Jesus said back to him? Get behind me, Satan. And you know what he was addressing? Short temper. Short-term fixation. Because what Peter was thinking about is how much he's going to miss Jesus and how terrible it's going to be if Jesus is gone in, in a, a couple weeks. He's like, no, don't leave us. That would be terrible. He didn't have the long-term plan in mind. But Jesus did. And I'll tell you this, God's plan is a long-term plan. Now, he's involved in your short-term. I don't want you to think God doesn't care. He does care about your short-term. He's going to get you through the short-term. Patience is a part of that. But God's plan isn't just about making it through today. It's about bringing the harvest into heaven. It's about eternity. God's plan is an eternal plan. That's a lot longer than the things I think about and the things I plan about. Amen? And so in order to come in line with God's plan, I have to have patience. I have to have patience. If I'm going to align my life with a plan that stretches out over eternity, I need patience for that plan. Amen? If I don't have, if I don't have this long temperance, I'm going to get frustrated because I'm going to think, well, God, why isn't, why isn't it this way now? And why are we going through this injustice now? Why is this unpleasantness happening right now? I probably just don't have the long-term plan in mind. Plan in mind. Because when I start thinking about eternity in the long term, I think, well, I know why I'm here right now. I mean, I know why the world's bad. It's because it's fallen and it's sinful and it's dead. So, yeah, the world's bad. It's going to be bad. I'm here because there's a long-term plan that requires my presence on earth at this time. Because I have been chosen and appointed to this time, this place, these people for this reason. And when I know that, I can have patience. I mean, honestly, if I take, if I take a few minutes and I just meditate, Lord, why am I here right now? And I start considering the long-term plan of God, I have patience immediately. It's like, okay, yeah, well, I can, I can deal with that. I can deal with the COVID thing. I, I can deal with the, the politic thing. I can deal with all these things that are going on. Because really, it's also short-term. It's also short-term. Does four years compare to eternity? You know, the Bible calls our life a vapor in the wind. All hundred, whatever, how many years I'm here, it's a vapor. So what's, what's four years? What's a couple months? I mean, I'm going to live the word. I'm not going to change that. This, this is my God. This is my way. I'm going to live within this. But if I'm unpleasant for a little, I could be unpleasant my whole life on earth, and I, 
I really believe this or I wouldn't preach it to you. I could feel unpleasantness. I could feel injustice. And I just want to tell you now, you're probably going to feel both of those things throughout most of your life on this earth. But I take peace and comfort and security and fortitude knowing that there's a long-term plan ahead of me. And so I don't really care if it's uncomfortable. I'm not here for comfort. I'm here to get people saved. I'm here to point people to Jesus. I'm here to bring light. And you know what? To be a light, it's got to be dark out. To be a light, it's got to be dark out there. So I'm sorry that it's unpleasant, and I'm sorry that it's uncomfortable. I'm sorry that it doesn't feel just. That's the world for you. And if we're going to be in the world, we just got to have the patience to endure it. We got to have the power of endurance, which is patience in our hearts. And we we have patience when we're focused and, and fixed on Christ and His plan, His purpose, not our own. Amen? we got to focus on the long term, on the eternal things, don't we? And so I said this earlier, it's not only about enduring, but it's about how you endure. It's not just to endure, but it's how you endure. And we're given that at the end of Colossians 3.12. It says, with good temper. With good temper. Amen? You know, we talked about temper. It's, it's like this fixation. It's this, it's this hardening. We could talk about how people temper metals. They make them stronger. They make them solid. They make them hard. So that like if, you're, if you got a sword and you're fighting with it, if it's tempered, it's going to endure. It's going to stand. It's going to last through the blows. It doesn't matter that it's getting struck and struck and struck because it's been tempered. It's been strengthened. It's been hardened. And we're supposed to be strengthened and have fortitude in what's good. Well, then that makes me ask the question, what's good? Anybody know what's good? I would tell you anything that's from God. Because if it's not good, it's evil. And I know where good comes from, and I know where evil comes from, and so it's, it, there's really only two choices. And so here's what I would offer for your consideration. To endure, to have patience with good temper, which patience has good temper. That's, that's part of it. To have that, I have to be focused on the things of God because that's what's good. And God is eternal, not short-term, amen? We said that earlier. And so it's, it's thinking about the long-term plan. It's thinking about the good plan of God. It's thinking about things that lead people to Christ. It's fixation. It's hardening onto God. And, and you know, really, that's maybe hardening is the wrong term because there's so much association with like hardening your heart. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about being firmly grounded in the things of God. That's the hardness we're talking about. That's the firmness that we're talking about here. It's not like, oh, I'm hardening my heart against something else. It's establishment. Let's look at James 5, 7 through 8. James 5, 7 through 8. What we're going to see is that patience is, is tied with, patience is tied with establishment. Patience involves establishment. James 5, verse 7 through 8, it says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it rains, the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. I believe this patience is directly tied to what we're established in. My patience, my, my power to endure with a good temper is directly tied to what I'm established in. If I'm so established, if, if I'm so um, supported by, because that's kind of what establishment is, what my foundation is. If my foundation is anything but the Word of God, I'm going to have a hard time being patient and enduring into God's plan. You see that this morning? 
To be patient, to be secure, to be, uh, have fortitude, to last, it requires an establishment on something that I want to last on. And I want to last in what is good. And that is the word of God. That is the plan of God. And so if I'm going to have the God kind of patience that I'm to put on, I, I have to first be established. We could say rooted and grounded, like it says in uh, Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. i got to be secure in the Word of God, in the plan of God, in the eternity that God has talked about and promised in His Word. If I've got that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to walk in patience. I'm going to be able to put the shoes of patience on and walk forward securely. Amen? So establishment in the Word. It, it, it's so important because if, if we don't have the hope and the faith that we, we find in the Word of God, what's going to happen is we're going to have hope in shorter-term things. Because really what we're talking about with patience, part of it is this element of short-term versus long-term. I hope you caught that this morning. Short-term versus long-term. The only way I'm going to be able to focus on long-term, the only way I'm going to be able to put faith in the long-term is, number one, if I have faith. I have to have faith in the Word. I have to have faith in the promise. I have to have an expectation, a living hope that what he has said is going to be what happens. That what I'm here for is, is not just to enjoy 80 or 100 years on the earth, but to be part of a plan that leads people to eternity. You know, it, really, it's having faith in the Word of God is what's going to give way for, for patience to come. You know, I, I wrote it down somewhere in my notes. I'm like all over the place trying to get everything in this morning. Um, to, to have patience, I have to first have hope which really is going to require faith. It's going to require a, a surety, a knowing that the Word of God is true, a belief in Christ as my Savior, that there is eternal life on the other side of this you know, existence in earth. Um, it requires a hope, an expectation of things to come. And so um, faith, which is the assurance of hope, assurance of things hoped for, that's going to establish my patience. When I have faith, it's going to establish patience. So the Word of God is, is the foundation. We know that, right? We know that. The Word of God is our foundation. It is the thing that we can build our life upon. It is what we are secure in. You know, we could talk about the man who built his house on the sandy ground versus the, the firm, rocky ground and how the Word is the rock. Jesus is our rock. That's who we put our faith in. Well, when our faith is in Him and in His Word, we've got something strong and lasting that we can build upon, something that we can have fortitude on. You know, when they would build forts, they didn't build them on places that were easily compromised. You know, I'm thinking back to like um, in the settlers and in, in Indians, and maybe that's a bad example, I don't know, but, but when forts were built, when castles were built, they didn't build them on like beaches full of sand where they were going to wash away. That would have been a silly thing to do because they would have been easily overcome. They built them on firm, solid ground so that the walls would stand so that they would have fortitude. That's how we ought to be as well. Our fortitude, our patience of heart is meant to come out of the firmness that we're built upon, which is the Word of God. Do you get that this morning? We're built up in the Word. And you could read Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7 for that. I'm going to move on this morning. Um, just trying to get these things in. Here's, here's kind of a summary of all, of all of that. The power to endure unjust and unpleasantness is in patience. We read that in, in Colossians 3.12 in the Amplified. The power to endure injustice and unpleasantness is in patience. Patience is established in having living hope. Living hope is alive with faith in Christ. And what, I'm, what I just did there is I, I summed up a couple of other um, sermons that I've given here. One about living hope. That was like last spring. I've, I talked about that. Um, 
We've talked about the balance, the, the relationship between hope and faith before. If we took it the other way, it would look like this. Faith. Faith is the starting point. Faith gives hope. Hope gives patience. And patience gives endurance. Maybe that's an easier way to say it. Faith gives hope. Hope gives patience. Patience gives endurance. So endurance is really like the end result. And that's, that's what we want to see happening in our life. But in order to endure, we've got to have the heart pieces in place, which I would say are faith, hope, and patience. And so one, one is built upon another. Here's uh, uh, just a th- one more thing about patience um, for us. You know, patience, we're kind of going to talk as we wrap this sermon up this morning about how patience, it benefits me, but it also benefits others. All right, there's, there's patience is a heart issue. And when I have patience in my heart, number one, it's going to help me. But number two, it's going to help others as well. We've already talked about the enduring power of patience, right? And um, I could liken it to my shoes. Having these shoes on is what enables me to walk through discomfort. Like I could walk across glass in these shoes. I'm not going to do that. I don't have glass up here to walk across. But I could because I've got, you know, something on to protect me from that. Patience is going to enable me to walk through unpleasant, unjust things. And I'm going to get to the other side okay because I've got patience, which is the power to endure, the power to continue on. So we see this patience benefits us because I need endurance in my life. I need endurance, so I need patience. If I'm going to endure in a good way, in a positive, in a godly kind of way, I'm going to have to have patience on because that is where the power to endure comes from. You know, patience benefits me by keeping me steady and solid, keeping me good-tempered through all things. Here's a couple real examples of how patience benefits me. Number one, it, it stops me from getting distracted from my mission because of lack of patience. If I don't have patience to stay focused in, in God's plan for my life, I'm going to get off track. And we talked about that a little bit earlier. It's easy to get off track if I don't have patience. It's easy for that little sailboat to get pushed around by the unjust or unpleasant waves and winds of the world. But when I've got fortitude, when I've got patience, when I've got this enduring factor about me, I'm able to continue on course to the mission. I'm, in a, I'm able to continue forward no matter the environment. That's a beneficial thing, isn't it? And so there's one. It keeps me from getting distracted. Here's another It stops me from getting into fear of what is to come or what is present. Patience, knowing, knowing, and being firmly established. And there's other things connected here. I mean, there is is confidence and there is hope and, and there is faith in Christ. Those are all elements of this too. But this enduring, this lasting, this long-term effect, it stops me from being fearful about what's going on right now. Because if I've been built up in the Word, if my foundation is the Word, then I know the other promises. I know about God's protection. I know about God's provision. I know about how He's going to get me through to His plan for me. And so if I've got that and I'm focused on the plan and not what's going on right now, I'm not going to be fearful about the temporary. I'm going to be focused on the eternal on the long term, amen? And so it's going to stop fear because, to be honest with you, there's going to be a lot of things I don't care about as much anymore. If I'm long-tempered instead of short-tempered, if I'm eternal-focused instead of temporary-focused, there's just going to be stuff I don't care that much about anymore. Some, like, preference things aren't going to really matter to me that much anymore. I'll tell you, that's true for me. The more I've been long um, long-tempered and, and focused on the long-term and patient to endure to the long-term plans of God, there's things that just don't really matter. Oh, I don't care where we eat today. I, I don't care what I wear today. I, I don't care about that. That's not important. 
It doesn't, this, these little things, you know, it's like the saying, don't sweat the small stuff. There's a lot of small stuff. And when we're long-tempered, when we're patient, small stuff just kind of doesn't matter that much anymore because we're focused on the long-term important plans of God. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna, to um, stop us from being fearful of things not going our way. It's going to stop us from being fearful about small things in life not working out how we want. Because what we're going to be focused on is the plan of God, the long-term, more important eternal plan um, coming together and how that's always going to happen. Here's another one for you. Um, patience, uh, this long temperance, not reacting quickly, not getting frustrated or mad quickly. Really, this one benefits me and other people because it's going to stop me from getting upset and closing doors of opportunity. It's, it's patience, this long temperance is going to stop me from reacting quickly in a negative way and cutting off a relationship. It's going to stop me from burning a bridge when I'm long-term focused instead of short-term focused. It's going to help me because, well, I'm, I'm not going to be that person who's just angry and mad and, and cutting people off all the time. But it's also going to help others because it's going to keep a, a channel open for them to hear the gospel. Amen? It's a good thing for us to have relationships with people because we're the lights. I mean, if you're going to see the light, you've got to be around the light. So I want to be around people because when I'm around people, you know, if, if I'm praying that they see the light of Christ in me. Amen. And then here's the last one. We've kind of talked about this this morning, too. Um, patience stops me from taking matters into my own hands and like messing it up myself. I was sharing with someone before service this morning that it made me think of Abraham and Sarai. Um, you know, in the Old Testament, they had a promise of a son, Isaac, and, and they just thought that God couldn't get it done himself. So they took matters into their own hands. And Sarai sent her, uh, her slave Hagar into Abraham's tent, and he had a kid with Hagar, the servant, and it was just a bad deal. That happened. It wasn't God's plan. It happened because they got impatient. They stopped looking forward to the long-term promise of God. They, they stopped having faith and expectation and hope. In, in God's word, which is a firm foundation. And because of that, they took matters into their own hands and they created a mess. When I have patience, it stops me from stepping outside of God's plan. It stops me from taking matters into my own, less capable than God's hands. Amen? And so patience, we can see, is a benefit to us. I mentioned, and you can turn here later if you want, Galatians 5, verse 22. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And it talks about how patience is a fruit of the Spirit. I just want to make this point. The Holy Spirit is the one who, well, brings the power of patience into my life. When, when I have new life in Christ, that is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. What was the power that raised Christ from the dead? The Holy Spirit. The power of God. And so when the Holy Spirit is in my life, when my heart is open to the Holy Spirit, I'm going to have the product, the fruit of the Spirit working in my life. Amen? And so I'll just tell you this. If you're struggling with patience, pray. Pray. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's speaking to you. He's helping you. He's comforting you. He's producing His fruit in you. And so pray. Focus on this. Become more aware of the fact that the Holy Spirit is alive in you rather than what impatience is alive in my flesh amen if, if we'll if we'll take the time to acknowledge even the fact that god's power god the holy spirit himself is in us it's it's gonna i believe be much easier to receive patience because sometimes receiving it is the difficult thing to do receiving the fact that god has offered his glorious power which which is patience to us receiving that i believe when we know the holy spirit produces patience and he's alive in me it's easy to receive it then it's like it's already there 
The one who brings patience is already in me. And so it's, it's easy for me to receive um, the fact that it, it's in me and being produced in me. Of course, praying and, and asking the Holy Spirit to remind us and teach us about patience is a good thing too. I think this is probably, probably what I'll end with here this morning. So I'll have the worship team come up if they're ready. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4. Um, this, is, this is kind of the other side of patience. I talked about how patience is beneficial to us. I want to share a little bit now about how patience is beneficial to others. We can probably see that right off the bat. Like, yeah, being patient, that's a good thing. That's going to help other people too. Let's look at this uh, scripture in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4. It's a, a quality of love. Patience is a, is a quality of love. And this, this word we're going to read, suffers long, that is, is the same word for patience. So it says, love suffers long. We could say is patient and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. I love that here in 1 Corinthians 13 where Paul is talking about what love is to the church and talking about how God has loved us. He identifies the, the very first identifier of love is patience. He says love is patient. Love suffers long. Love is, is, is full of this quality of patience. And you know, I was just thinking about like vows. You know, I'm going to get married here in a couple months and I'm going to have, I'm going to get to give vows to my uh, future spouse, Taylor. And one of the vows that is commonly said is, is, you know, in good times and in bad, for richer, for poor, for sickness and in health, right? Maybe you've said that yourself to somebody at one point in life. Well, that, that's talking about patience if you ask me. I mean, that could just say, I, I vow to be patient with you. When things are really bad, I'm going to be steady. I'm going to be firm. I'm, I'm going to acknowledge the fact that we're in this together. And so I'm not going to just blow a gasket. I'm not going to be short-tempered with you, even though things are bad right now. I have a long-term focus about our life, about our relationship. You know, here's another part of it. It says, love suffers long. Man, that sounds fun, doesn't it? Love suffers long. Sign me up for some of that, right? Love suffers long. What does that mean? I wrote it down like this. Love is willing to endure sacrifice, which could be likened to suffering. Sometimes sacrifice is suffering, isn't it? Sometimes, I mean, to give a sacrifice, it just feels like bad in, in one way, not in all ways. But, you know, love is willing to endure sacrifice for the one who is loved. We could say this about love. It's selfless. I think we all pretty much agree with that already, don't we? That love is selfless. I think I've preached about that before, too. Love is a selfless thing. It's not focused on me and what's good for me. It's, it's about, well, both of us in, in a marriage relationship. It's about what's good for us as one, because we are one. We have become one flesh. And so love is, is about, you know, this long suffering, this patience for one another. And so we see this patience is good for me, but it's good for other people too. And when I love people, which we're instructed to do in the word, aren't we? Isn't that one of the two things Jesus commanded? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So we're supposed to love. Amen. If we're going to love... We have to be patient, don't we? If, if patience is the first quality of love, if being willing to you know, suffer long, and that doesn't mean I'm gonna suffer forever, but it does, it does mean I have a long-term focus. I am fixated on the long-term benefit. I, I'm thinking about this person's eternity more than I'm thinking about how bad I wanna win the argument right now. That's long-suffering because it's, it's tempering myself to the long-term rather than to the immediate. 
And when I have this kind of patience, this fortitude that I am focused on eternity, I'm focused on God's plan for this person, it's going to be beneficial to me, but it's going to benefit the other person too. Love is a beneficial thing for everybody. Amen. Aren't you glad that God was patient with you? Aren't you glad that God had a long-term plan for you? You know, if you want to read it later, 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16, um, Paul's writing to Timothy and he's talking about how he was the worst of all the sinners. And he says this, God gave his mercy to me that he would show the world his patience. And we've got it up there. He says, I'm the chief sinner, but God showed his patience to the world in the fact that he gave me mercy. He, forget, he forgave me. I don't know about you, but God... He was patient with me. He, he was focused on the long-term plan of salvation for me. He didn't just give me what I deserved in a moment. He had mercy on me because he knew I'm going to receive Christ. I'm going to be his child. He sent his son, not because I deserved it, but because he had the patience. He had the long temperance to be focused on his eternal plan for us instead of the, the immediate uh, result that I had earned and deserved. Aren't you glad for that this morning? That God is a patient God. Would you stand up with me as we close this service this morning? I just pray that as I've shared this morning about patience, about putting things on, that you've been stirred up and encouraged, not only in patience, but in these other attributes too. I pray that this morning you've, you've been um, just edified and encouraged with the word to know that patience is possible. Maybe that's just something we should take away from this. Patience is possible. Amen. And patience is a good thing. I hope you've seen that too. That patience benefits you. It gets you through. It's the power to endure through anything that comes. And I'll tell you this, there's more to come. There's more to come. There's more coming. That's not going to stop. As long as we're here, there's going to be more to come. But patience is the power to endure. Patience in your heart will get you through. Amen. It's good for you and it's good for others. It's part of God's plan for us. It's part of the love that we're to have for the world. I encourage you in this this morning. God's provided it for you. He has given you the gift of all of these things that you're supposed to put on. So put them on today. Amen. I pray that we'll be blessed and that the kingdom will be benefited as we put these on, as we walk life out in compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and impatience. Lord, I, I pray this morning that as we've studied your word, it's, it's just been alive in our heart that your spirit has taught and revealed and just led this morning's message in a way where we're leaving better than we came, where we're leaving refreshed in this area of patience and maybe in some others too, Lord. I pray that we're leaving equipped for this hour, equipped for this day, equipped for this week so we can go and accomplish your mission, your purpose in Jefferson, Iowa and whatever other place we go to. Lord, let us be the people that represent you well. I know that you've called us to that. I know that you've equipped us to that. And today, Lord, for all of those who agree with this, I want you to just put one hand up in the air and confess this with me. Jesus, I will put on your dress code because I believe you have called me chosen me and appointed me to represent you to the world. I'm bringing the light this year and I'm going to bring this dress code. I'm going to bring compassion. I'm going to bring kindness. I'm going to bring gentleness. I'm going to bring humility. I'm going to bring patience to the world. I'm going to be a Christian today. In Jesus name, amen. Amen. Well, let's go and let's be God's people. Amen. God bless you. Let's worship as we end. Chains up.